Exodus 20. So, if people know anything about the Bible, it's the, the Ten Commandments, or at least of them. Although I don't know if most people can list off all ten, because it's actually kind of difficult to count them. Because there's two renditions of it, and it's hard to tell which of the top parts are introductions and which parts are actually the commandments. But they're still called the Ten Commandments. So, uh, let's get into it. I am Yahweh your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. Um, do not have other Elohim above me. Um, this transition says, do not have other gods beside me. And that's interesting, because I always thought of that as, have no other gods except for. And that's not actually what it says, which is interesting. And I think that we can take it that way. Um, and let's see, dangerous territory here. Um, so what were the other powers, the other celestials uh, represented um, in, in the ancient world? They were basically money, sex, and power. And those are the same gods that we have today in our world. Which does not mean that we can't use those things and have those things in their right context, in their place. Um, money is used for a lot of good things. Sex is amazing inside of its right context in marriage. Um, and power can be used to protect the weak. It often isn't, especially when it's elevated to a place above Yahweh. And so here, have no other Elohim above me or beside me. Nothing at his equal level and nothing above him. Nothing greater than or equal to. Um, do not make an idol. So this is, do not make a replica. An, an image is a, uh, a representation or a replica. Uh, or an icon of heavenly, earthly, oceanly, um, and do not bow down to them. I am passionate. And so this, this word jealous, often translated jealous, um, the modern term jealousy has a negative, um, a very negative connotation as a, I mean, jealousy can also be a sin. This is a, this is the word that's used for a, pure and good desire of a husband um, defending his wife's honor. Like if she, like if, if your spouse was being taken away to be raped and you defended and you had that passion for, um, or if somebody was um, maybe not even that far, if you're, you're hanging out somewhere and you see somebody's flirting with your wife, like that, that passion, that righteous desire for her goodness which is even, like, today's culture is so messed up that, like, I can imagine some people hearing that and going, oh, well, that's fine, as long as she does what she wants. Well, that's not fine. It's not. Um, is a, this passion for keeping that relationship whole and together and, and in a healthy, prosperous place, place is what this word passion or jealousy is. 
It's not not the negative connotation, but the the, the positive, pure, and good way. Um, and let's see. Uh, I am Yahweh, your God, uh, a jealous God or a passionate God, punishing the children of their father's sins to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, and showing faithful love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. Um, this is often used to talk about um, generational sin. And and it's, if you look at the contrast, the generosity is a thousand, thousands of generations, and the punishment is three. And it's, I think that contrast is the main point here. Also, it doesn't say he's going to be punishing the children for their father's sins. It says it will punish multiple generations for those who hate me, which often goes along generational lines. And I will bless those who are faithful, those who show faithful love and keep my commands. Do not, so then this one is, do not misuse the name or do not take the, na the name of the Lord in vain is the, the typical translation of that. And I, I, I've heard a whole bunch on this one recently that, that this, this name, this is do not bear the name of Yahweh in emptiness is how it would be translated more literally. Yahweh, and then, and then it turns right around and it actually uses that same word empty again back at them. Um. Yahweh will, will find him empty of, will not find him empty of guilt if he bears my name in emptiness. And so you are full of guilt if you, if you don't bear the name well. And bearing the name well is a representation. It is a, um, it's, it's representing Yahweh before the nations, before other people. I think that carries a lot more weight than what is it's commonly turned into, which is don't don't say swear words or don't use God's name flippantly. It, it means that and more, or or maybe it doesn't mean that at all. Um, but bearing His name well, carrying His name, representing Yahweh in all situations, and if you represent Him poorly. And if you represent him in a way that does not bring him honor and respect, then that is the sin. And that's a lot harder. A lot harder. Um, and then the next one, um, remember the Sabbath. Set it apart as Yahweh set it apart. That could be its own whole thing. Not going to cover it today. Um, Honor your father and your mother, so that they may have, so that you may have long life in the land. This is the first, um, this is the first mm -hmm. command with a promise. And um, honor is weightiness. Uh, so weightiness to your father and mother, which I think has a different. So we have a, we have a difficult time in in American culture with honor, and and it's hard. So I grew up in Asia, and it's hard to to explain honor culture to a non-honor culture um, and or at least a confused honor culture 
and and weightiness. So if I say you must give weight to your mother and father's whatever it is they say. So if they say something, you have to give weight to that, or it has to um, there has to be a gravitas to their situation. Those are all they actually came from the same root. Is um, honor is uh, weightiness or heaviness, and and that means something even our in our current language we use the same analogy and I think that just carries it differently um, don't be flippant about what your parents say give them weightiness uh, and listen to what they have to say doesn't mean you have to obey them in on every turn but to give it to give them weight to give them respect to give them honor is to put weight behind their words uh, and then after that one, we get into these this whole set that are just um, so in English it's do not or thou shalt not if you're reading you know older translations, um, but in Hebrew it's two words, it's no murder, no sex outside of marriage, no stealing, uh, no lying, no deceiving your neighbor, or no deceiving people, because who is your neighbor? Uh, and no desiring what is not yours. And all the people witness the thunder and the lightning and, and the sound of the trumpet and they said, uh, they trembled and they stood at a distance and they said, Moses, you talk, you talk to God, not us. Otherwise we'll die. And Moses responded, God has come to test you so that you will fear him and you will not sin. Or that you will not go wrong, you won't stray, you won't miss. And the people then stood at a distance and Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. See, I always imagine this whole scene taking place with Moses on top of the mountain in the middle of this, like in, in like an eye of a storm kind of situation. But all of this took place at the base of the mountain. When Moses had come down to pick up Aaron, they were all standing there. They all heard this. That's, this was, they heard Yahweh speaking here at the base of the mountain. And I think I'm going to pause there, even though that's not where the chapter break is. Because the next part is actually bleeding into just additional laws that take place for the next several chapters. I'm going to stop there after verse 21. We'll pick up the next one with chapter 21.